Drunk Dish contains adult language that may not be appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. they were martini sized and they are not nice <laughs> so nice anyways mucho martini hello oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was scary <laughs> hello and welcome to drunk dish where three delicious dishes explore food history and get pickled in the process this is episode number 37 where we will be discussing the history of everyone's favorite dunker oreos <laughs> or a twister what? Don't you remember those like infamous Oreo commercials? It was like, do you dunk or do you twist? <laughs> I don't. Oh, wait. No, I do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you like take it apart. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do. You're right. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's a thing. Anyways, I'm Melissa. I'm Amy. And I'm Kate. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> now that we've introduced ourselves, every episode, Kate likes to ask us one food-related question. So, Kate, what is our question? Okay, well, this one is a little bit, um, I'm not really sure if it's actually a question. Uh, Melissa, we are so excited uh, about watching the progress of your little baby starter. Oh, yeah, it's little baby. Yeah, little baby starter. Um, third time's a charm, right? For, for a little... It got mold on it the first time Aww. or not the first time. The first time it just never seemed to like get bubbly and yeasty okay. and it just smelled terrible. So mm. I was just like, forget it. And no I threw good. it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. then the second time, the second day, it had mold on top. And mm. I was like, what? And I looked it up online and it's like, yeah, this can happen, but it's very rare. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And they're like, you can try and scrape it off Ew, and keep going. No. And I was like, no, I'm only one day in. Yeah. So then I did it again. And now it is it's flourishing. I could pr- I can probably make sourdough on Sunday, which is two days away yeah sorry if any of that had to do with your question well no <laughs> so like exciting. that was that was sort of what what i was where i was going to go with this um i do other than this sourdough which is sort of like epically you know it's like this you're we're watching this whole thing unfold and it's so exciting mm-hmm. um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. any any other stories or um any like oh my gosh, I had to wait for so long for such and such thing to cook or such and such Mm. thing to be ready. Or um, I had to, you know, like the anticipation of this, of this thing was, was just like, any, any other stories like that? So basically you're looking for something that has really like a really high threshold of like maybe skill or time put into it. Yeah. Yeah. And then like a really high return on investment kind of thing. Potential for failure. Mm. <laughs> I, I definitely have something. Amy, do you do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I have nothing. Okay. Because <laughs> anything I cook, I'm like a really lazy cook right now. So <laughs> anything I cook, like it's just got to be. It's got to be true. Yeah, it's got to be worth it. It's got to be something I can be successful. At. I tried a new recipe tonight, which is, again, super simple because I'm super lazy. But I promised the kids that they'd have a spooky dinner every night oh. this week. Oh, uh-huh. 
So I made ghost shaped pancakes last night. Super simple. Nice. And, and then tonight I made um, mummy hot dogs in the oven. So I took like <laughs> crescent roll dough uh-huh. and wrapped yeah. it around the hot dogs. And I made I made some of them with cheese. Oh, yeah. Fancy. Yeah. The kids love that. Very but it's like nice. all like simple convenience foods for me right now. Do you I make mean, your you've... own um, pizza dough? Sometime. I haven't in a long time. I don't have okay. time. I don't have time okay. right now. That's yeah, what, you're like, busy, busy right. lady. Yeah. I, used, yeah. I used to do all that stuff, and I love doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I just don't have time. Yeah. Yeah. Which sucks. We've got two small kids. We're in a pandemic. It's 2020. Mm. We're teaching classes and running fire. the store and cats and yeah. dogs it's, living together. It's, just, it's <laughs> yeah. It snowed today. <laughs> you know, <sighs> like, you ain't got time. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. Um. I think mine definitely. So besides this sourdough starter, which is really just an exercise in patience and making sure you follow like a recipe and mm-hmm. don't get like, well, I'm just going to do this, um, <laughs> you know, whatever, which I have a hard time with. Uh, and I know Amy has a hard time with, too. And I feel like, Kate, you probably do, too, because I feel like both of you are people that like you might do a recipe, but you're not going to follow yeah, the no. recipe. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. Greg is very much that way, too. I said I'm like that. I'm not actually like that. That's why I like baking, because I like precision. I like knowing exactly how much of something, mm-hmm. although bread is very unpredictable mm-hmm. so even anyways. when you follow things exactly yeah. yes yeah yeah because like humidity and like air pressure and shit all determine whether your bread's gonna come out or not how yeah. fluffy um, your flour is and yeah yeah it's crazy um <laughs> what the chickens ate before they laid the eggs <laughs> right. and yeah 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 but um i think so last year i made i think it was one of our earlier episodes i made um that clarified milk punch oh gosh yes Mm -hmm. so i i made that twice so i made it the first time and then i kind of adapted the recipe from that and then made the final one that you guys drank and that the rest of it's actually still in my fridge (laughs) um because when we come back around to a year from that episode oh i shouldn't say this and (laughs) ruining the surprise but i'm gonna bring it back out and we're gonna try it because the thing with it is that it's supposed to keep forever oh, yeah okay um, it was so good there. that i'm totally it willing to fine. try it <laughs> yeah so the first time i made it i drank the whole thing on my own because like i didn't have to save it for you guys because i knew i was going to be making it again but like that process of the filtering mm, mm-hmm, over mm-hmm. and over and over and like i had i had a um strainer like a regular colander, and then I had a fine mesh strainer, and then I had cheesecloth. Yeah, man, um, that I had to keep filtering it through over and over and over. I mean, you got to filter it like at least six or seven times, and each time takes like forty-five minutes to an hour for it to go all the way through, mm-hmm. um, because you don't push it or anything. You just have to kind of let it do its thing. Um, and I think I did it like 10 times to get to that really light rosé color that I got. And you can get it even clearer than that. Um, so I think that's probably like it was definitely the most labor intensive. I mean, while it was straining, you were just kind of sitting there. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. in between doing all the cleanup, do, redoing the entire setup and then slowly pouring it in again because you couldn't just like dump it all into the cheesecloth you had to pour it slowly so it didn't like overflow yeah 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 it was like a whole thing but (laughs) i still have it in my fridge and as far as i can tell it's still good so 
It was. I mean, and it was delicious. It was so delicious. It was, it was so, so weird. It was so weirdly delicious. Like, yeah, it was like viscous. Yeah, very weird. Smooth and yeah. like weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I All actually right. don't even know what episode that was. Hmm. So if you didn't hear that episode, go back and listen to all of our episodes. All of them. It was early. It was. It was, it early. was an early one. Yeah, when I was it really ambitious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not now. It was early. It was good. Um, but yeah, that's mine. Okay. And the sourdough starter, my okay. little baby. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just so so excited to see that 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 thing in its next stages. Mine was is just um I there's this one um like pumpkin cheesecake recipe that mm. um I have made a couple of times but and I would make it like for every Thanksgiving and every Christmas if it wasn't so time consuming and just mm. like one of those things that's really <laughs> stressful because it's you know a water bath and you have to make sure that the this is whipped to this and the, you know, stiff peaks and the like, like you just said, I am not a baker. I don't enjoy measuring. <laughs> I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like following a recipe like to the T. I don't, I'm not really into any of that. I like to just be like, oh, I've got 16 things. What can I mix together and make something mm-hmm. tasty? Like I would much rather do that. So, um, yeah. Yeah, but the but this thing, it's like it's a there's, you know, preparing the pumpkin first. If you want it to be really fancy, you know, you bake the pumpkin and you don't have to do, by the way, everybody, you don't like it doesn't make a difference. One can of pumpkin, (laughs) as long as it's like just the straight up one can of pumpkin. Libby's pumpkin Mm -hmm. puree. Yeah, it's a classic for a reason. It's totally fine. Um, And. I do want to say that I actually find that so we couldn't get I made pumpkin pie the first time I made pumpkin pie this year, the pandemic. So everywhere I went was sold out of Libby's. <laughs> yeah. So we so I went and I got sh- a couple sugar pumpkins and Greg roasted and pureed them. And I mean, it was great. But A, the pie didn't taste any better than it normally did. And B, you or I don't know if you've had this experience, but we had to like strain not strain but we had to like drain the puree like we had to put it in cheesecloth yeah because it is it was really so liquidy wet. yeah mm-hmm. yeah so you have that extra step and you don't even get like i was like cursing my aunt who's passed away because she always used to give me shit when i would make pumpkin pie because she'd be like well you didn't use real pumpkins you didn't roast your own pumpkin and i'm like ah yeah did it. <laughs> but it is still a pie. I did it, and it doesn't matter yeah. that, it does that, the payoff like, is not worth yeah. the work I think unless, unless you, were, you can't get it and then, you know, yeah. or unless you were trying for um, like a caramelized kind of roasty flavor, like unless you were specifically mm. going to push the pumpkin past, you know, just yeah, blanched or, you know, just kind of there. That might be. Yeah, different. this didn't seem to add any sort of like roasted right. flavor at all. I mean, right. we literally just and, and we did it. Um, so the cut side was facing down. So I, I it basically steamed. Yeah, that's the I way I, I mean, that's the way I, I would do it, too. Like, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Same if like with a squash or some like a spaghetti squash. But, you know, this this cheesecake is just letting it say, you know, you bake it for 16 hours. Not really, but it feels like it. And you then like <laughs> leave the, the door of the oven open for a day and a half. Yep. Not really, but it feels <laughs> like it. And then you have to like, you know, leave it out on the counter to make sure that it's not hot anymore and then put it in the fridge overnight it's just and it's like it's a lot. this anticipation and you're praying like oh my god please let this be as good as i hope yeah. that it's going to be so yeah, yeah. And have I, I had that 
Yeah, I think you've had it. I yeah. have? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I definitely would have made it for... Have you not made it in a long time? I, have, I haven't made it in a while. Yeah. The oh, other okay. thing about yeah. it is it makes... It's huge. It's the it's enormous because it's basically like if you took a whole cheesecake plus a whole pumpkin pie and mixed the two together, like it's that size. So it's like it's, it's the biggest possible cheesecake that you could possibly make. And um, yeah, it's just... It makes a lot. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I might have to make it this year, though, actually. But anyway, yeah, that that's my thing. So um, I, just, I just want you guys to know if you just noticed I this. I did just notice that. <laughs> you I forgot, forgot to, to hit, hit it. Um, so you guys are recording, so it's fine. So hopefully the beginning is fine. And if I need to, I can make it work. But our audio is going to be fine, right? We're all recording. We're all recording. <laughs> yep. Okay. I'm recording. Yep. I think I'm recording. <laughs> I don't know, even know what made me think about it. <clears throat> That's funny. Like I wasn't even looking at it and then I moved my notes and I went, wait, did I? Did I hit record? Fuck, yeah. I didn't hit record. <laughs> but we're recording now. Sorry I interrupted you about 30,000 times, Kate. No, it's fine. totally fine. Totally fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm still recording. So just. Yeah, we're good. It's all good. We're it's all good. good. We're, we're doing it. <laughs> For our listeners, <laughs> this is our first time using a new recording Technology. process. Yeah. yeah. And, oh my God. and one of us started drinking way earlier today. <laughs> I was testing. It was for Kate. It's Kate's it was, fault. Yes, it was an act I will of take martyrdom. That on. <laughs> um, I said freak seven days a week. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Uh, oh, boy. The rails. Yep. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Oh, uh, so, Melissa, <laughs> yeah. with that, um, so what are you drinking tonight? So I am. So I I have a cocktail tonight, but we're not actually going to be talking about the history of the cocktail. We're going to be talking about one of the ingredients in the cocktail, okay. because when researching for this episode, I just really didn't want to make an, Ar- an Oreo cocktail. Like, <laughs> that's just not my thing. Under- understood. Like, like, they're all dessert cocktails or they involve ice cream, which, like, sure, I'll have for dessert. But, like, while sitting, chatting with the gals, yeah, I don't no. want to be, like, slurping down, like, basically a smoothie with booze in it. <laughs> I also am not a huge fan of, like, dairy and alcohol, even though yeah. I will drink eggnog. But that's, like, a very that's specific, different. like, I'll drink eggnog and that's about it. Um, and then, obviously, the clarified milk punch technically has dairy in it. But that's different, um, too. Yeah, that's not the same. Yeah. That's, no, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Okay. Good. So I went a different direction. Um, the the alcohol I want to feature is creme de cacao, um, which we'll talk about. But first, the cocktail I made is called the Sun Stealer. Ooh. Um, and it was invented by Henry Prendergast, which is totally a Harry Potter name. Yeah, that's a great um, name. And, he, <laughs> and he's the beverage director at Chicago Bar and Restaurant Analog. Um. So this cocktail includes two ounces of gin, three quarter ounces of sweet vermouth, a quarter ounce of creme de cacao, um, the white variant, which we'll talk about, a quarter ounce. And I meant to look up how to say this. It's a bottle that I just bought. I've never used it before. Fernet Branca, I think. I I said it exactly how it's spelled. Fernet Branca. Um, (laughs) And let me tell you, when I opened the bottle, I went, oh, no. 
oh no, you oh, shouldn't no. drink this. <laughs> no one should drink this. This, is, this smells like cleaner. Oh, this no. is not for human consumption. So, uh, and then a dash of orange bitters. So you add all those to a mixing glass with ice, stir until the glass is frosty, and then strain into a coop. Um, it is a gorgeous color. I didn't take a picture of it. Um, obviously, I'll be taking a picture of it to put the recipe up and stuff. So you guys will be able to see that. It's a really beautiful, like, amber color. Oh, cool. Um, from the sweet vermouth mixed with all the clear liquids. So I'm going to try it. Oh, it does not smell good. Though. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> that oh, no. Fernet Branca, there's only a quarter ounce in it, but... <sighs> Kate and um, I are just listening, waiting. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you know, <laughs> that's it's not bad. It's not bad. No, it's not bad at all. I actually could see it growing on me. I just feel like you're mostly getting hit with gin. I wonder if the gin I used was too strong. Mm. <laughs> um, but I mean, I used just a London dry gin, which is like a base gin. Yeah. yeah. You barely, barely get that like creme de cacao, like chocolate flavor. And I think I'd like it if it had more of that. Okay. But I mean, it's not bad by any means. Once I, when I smelled that Fernet Branca, I thought, oh God. <laughs> This is going to be the worst thing I've ever had. And it's it's not at all. I actually like it. And it's very pretty. And it feels very adult. Nice. So. <laughs> um, I like, I didn't I like ask, drinks that ooh. make you feel like a grown up. Because, yeah. you know. It's like why I keep trying to make variations on Negronis. And I don't like any of them because I hate Campari. Um, <laughs> but I keep making them because, like, I feel like they're so adult. And, yeah. like. If you went to like a fancy bar and you ordered that, they'd be like, oh, she knows what she's doing. Yeah, she's like, cultured. She, yeah, she's not like fancy. Amy over here who uh, mixes uh, popsicles with gin. <laughs> she's Sprite. been out of the country. Like, uh, um, what are you, I didn't ask you guys last episode because I'm a jerk. Um, what are what are you guys drinking tonight? I am drinking <laughs> vodka. Yes. With Sprite. And yes. mountain berry punch. Get Ooh. it. I love it. <laughs> All right. I love it. All right. Kate. Um, okay, guys, I'm I'm gonna be honest. Um, I'm drinking water because <gasps> I was expecting that tomorrow night I would be partaking. <laughs> mm. I, I I like that. I didn't I like where you're going I with didn't that. I didn't realize that I would be uh, abusing Melissa early um, <laughs> because of it. But yeah, I, I expected that there would be perhaps some oh, no. something tomorrow night. So yeah, and that is totally fine. <laughs> Good girl drinking water. I have some water too yep. after I chug this very adult beverage. Yeah, I very have a beautiful beverage. tall glass of untouched water. In front of me, but I as like well. that because those those glasses I got are rather large. So yeah, <laughs> you're gonna want to be hydrated. Excellent, excellent. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so creme de cacao. Now, whenever I have, do you either of you watch um, Portlandia? Amy, you must. Oh yes, I've watched. I think I've watched <laughs> okay. every episode. So you know cacao, right? Cacao. Yeah. Oh, cacao. Yeah. yeah. So it's like two couples. They always do the thing where uh, Carrie Brownstein plays the man in the couple and Fred Armisen plays the woman in the couple. Mm -hmm. um, And they decide to have like some sex games or whatever. And they come up with a safe word and the safe (laughs) word is cacao. (laughs) But anytime Carrie Brownstein like even like looks at Fred Armisen or moves to touch him, he goes cacao, 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 (laughs) like constantly. So it's all I can think of. 
reading this, doing research on this in my head, it's just like, kick out. And I actually say it to Greg pretty frequently. <laughs> like, great. if I don't like something, I'll be like, cacao. <laughs> That's great. But anyways, so uh, creme de cacao is a chocolate liqueur, um, not to be confused with a chocolate liquor. So a chocolate liquor is made from fermented cacao beans, um, which we'll talk about why that's a little bit different after. Um, Creme de cacao can be purchased in uh, dark or clear varieties, also known as um, dark and white, brown and clear. Usually, I think they're usually labeled either dark cacao or white cacao. Okay. Or creme de cacao, sorry. Um, and both bring like the flavor of chocolate to the forefront. Okay. Um, so these color variations come from the way that it's actually made because it's made in two different ways, either percolated or distilled. Oh. So when it's percolated, which is just like if you were making coffee, um, it's where you have a filter and you fill it with cacao beans. And instead of dripping water through it, you drip alcohol. Um, and this is a variety that you get called um, dark cacao, and it's um, full and rich and has like a bitter cocoa flavor. And then distilled creme de cacao um, is made by distilling the cacao itself, then macerating the distillate in more cacao <laughs> and oftentimes vanilla beans for aroma. Wow. Um, so this distilled variety is also known as white creme de cacao, which I set up above um, because of its clear coloring. And it also has a lighter milk chocolate flavor. Um, I do have a note here just because some people might not know what the difference between cacao and cocoa is. Because um, both are chocolate. Um, cacao is essentially the raw form of it from the cacao tree, whereas cocoa has been processed with high heat. So like cocoa has basically been roasted, um, whereas cacao is raw, which is why you see a lot of like health food stores and stuff carry um, cacao nibs, which are chocolate. It's just like unprocessed and uncooked chocolate. So it supposedly has like more nutrients and it's healthier for you. So, of course, like pretty much any cocktails and really any history of food or drink, the exact origins of creme de cacao are super unclear. Um, so cacao beans were brought to Europe uh, around the 1600s from Mexico and South America. Uh, and then the, around this time, French monks were the first to like be brewing alcohol with the actual beans. Fucking monks, um, man. They're always like yeah, the French first monks. every kind of alcohol. Yes, no, they're fucking great. I love them. <laughs> I mean, as long as they're not like, you know, like crucifying people and stuff, I'm I'm down with the monks. Yeah. Don't ruin it for me, Amy. I assume they probably <laughs> did. Um, I'm keeping my mouth shut. Um, so this is thought to be what I talked about up above, which is chocolate liquor and not what we know of as creme de cacao. But we assume that it kind of, you know, uh, evolved from that into what we know today. So we then see mention of people in New England right before the American Revolution um, enjoying something described as chocolate wine. Um, these wines were generally made with like sherry or port and then mixed with chocolate and sugar. Mm. Um, you then also have French manuals and recipe books from the late 1700s and early 1800s that um, contain recipes for chocolate, chocolate liqueur um, known as ratafia de chocolat or ratafia de cacao. Mm. Um, Say that again. That was great, <laughs> Melissa. Yeah. Can, you just, no, thank can I you. get a recording of you just saying that? I mean, you'll have the have a recording <laughs> when I put the episode out. <sighs> Okay, so 
And then you get um, uh, specifically an early 19th century American cookbook that was published in 1825 also includes similar recipes for this chocolate liqueur. Throughout the 19th century and into the earliest, early 20th century, manuals and encyclopedias in French, English, and Spanish also give similar recipes. And then a late 19th century food science manual gives a recipe that includes techniques for clarifying and coloring the liqueur. Um, and then a quick note, too. I probably should have said this up above, but about the name. A lot of people have the uh, misconception that because it's called creme de cacao, it has dairy in it. Right. Um but in French, the word creme really just refers to the creamy texture of a very sweet liqueur. Oh. Um, and legally, by European law, it can only be called creme if it has a sugar content of at least 250 grams per liter um, and has no dairy or cream or anything like that in it. Oh, wow. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And 250 grams per liter of sugar is a lot. And I can vouch that the shit is sweet because I only put in <laughs> a quarter of an ounce and I'm definitely getting the sweetness, if not the full like chocolate flavor. Okay. So throughout the 1800s, it was basically sipped on its own, which I can't even imagine. <laughs> um, it became it began appearing in mixed drinks around the turn of the century where it was mixed with gin and cream in the cocktail known as the Alexander, which was a precursor to the Prohibition era Brandy Alexander, um, which was a mix of cognac, dark creme de cacao, cream and nutmeg. Um now, the Brandy Alexander has a fun history, but like there was no way that I was making it because it's got cream in it. Yeah. And I was just like, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not happening. But yeah, it was huge during Prohibition because, again, it could really mask like the flavors of just really awful rough liquors that you were getting in these like speakeasies and stuff. Um, but it wasn't actually liked. So <laughs> <laughs> like... People would trash on it all the time, but it was like, well, it's all I can get right now. So, like, just throw some fucking cream and nutmeg in there and, like, let's go. Um, but in 1934, <laughs> which was only a year after Prohibition was re repealed, the newly founded men's magazine, Esquire, uh, released a list of the 10 worst drinks of the past decade with the Brandy <laughs> Alexander topping the list. Now, I looked online for this issue of Esquire, looked for a picture to see if I could get it. And I did find the that issue that they're talking about. It was from December 1934. And it does have an article in it that's the 10 best cocktails of, of the last decade. Um, but I can't find the worst. And I think it's because of this next part. Um, <laughs> grouped in were other so-called, and this is in quotation, pansies. <laughs> whose names like the pom-pom and the fluffy ruffles um, made them inappropriate drinks for men. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I assume there was some um, more harsh wording in there. I assume that this, yeah. this information I found is probably downplayed a little bit. And I'm wondering <laughs> if that's why I can't find like an actual image of it. Because if you go to Esquire, they actually have all those issues. Like you can pull them up and flip through them. And I flipped through that issue uh, and I couldn't find oh, cool. anything about the worst cocktails. So I'm wondering if they said, mm, this isn't great and took it out. Although I can't imagine that's the only not, or like that's the only problematic yeah. thing from like Esquire in the 1930s and <laughs> 40s. I mean, come on. <laughs> but anyways. Interesting. So, 
it really fell out of favor after that. Um, but then bar culture in the 80s and 90s saw the rise of chocolate martinis and dessert cocktails. Um, so by 1994, there were a huge number of brands producing their own versions of creme de cacao. Mm. Creme de cacao. <laughs> cacao. Um, and this was due to the 1990s chocolate craze, um, which I almost went down a rabbit hole, but we're definitely going to do chocolate yep. at some point. Um, so I didn't. I just left it alone. But apparently people went insane for chocolate in the 1990s. Seems legit to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of fell out of favor again um, in the early aughts or the early 2000s, but has had a bit of a resurgence in the la- resurgence in the last few years with bartenders mixing it with more like adult flavors to pull back on the sweetness and really highlight like the chocolate flavors and the more bitter notes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of the liqueur. Cool. And that's it. That's all I got. I like it. Yeah, it's very that's cool. That's it. Creme de cacao. I now have a full bottle <laughs> of dark and light. Oh, no. You got both? Oh, my. Yeah, I got both. Um, and, oh, I can't breathe. <coughs> oh, no. <laughs> and then uh, I just was talking way too fast and way too much, and I'm way too drunk. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, like, I bought them because I'm like, well, they're different. Like, they wouldn't produce two different colors unless there was a difference, right? And then when I went to the Wikipedia article for Creme de Cacao, it basically said there was no difference oh, between no. the two, <laughs> except in, like, um, consistency a little bit. It mm. said the dark Creme de Cacao was a little bit watery, oh, more watery, waterier, mm-hmm. more more watery um, because of the dye. Um, but from everything else I've read, that's completely untrue. So this is just, we said this last episode, this is another reason to not go to Wikipedia for yep. your information, <laughs> uh, because every other article I read, which had quotes and stuff from well-known mixologists and like people that do this for a living said that there is a flavor distinction besides just the color and the texture being different. So... Hmm. I don't know. You can believe what you want there. I haven't tried both. I do have both. And I was like, Greg's going to kill me when he finds out that they're the same thing. Because <laughs> I just reorganized the bar cart and like I don't have room for anything. Oh, no. Oh, no. Which, bar cart sidebar. So I did have to get rid of a couple things. Like I had a bottle of sake in there that's like super old. And I'm like, that's probably not in peak condition. It should yeah. really be in the fridge. So like I got rid of that. Um, I got rid of... A couple of other things that only had like not even an ounce left in the bottles. Mm. But you know what I couldn't get rid of? <clears throat> it's the almost completely full bottle of Uzo <laughs> <laughs> that I have that uh, I haven't touched. Yeah, I can never have uh, it I touched again. it. I touched it uh, to put it into the bar cart Um, and then I touched it again to take it out of the bar cart and I said I can't throw this away I'm an emotion I'm emotionally attached to it Um, because it was the night that we recorded our very first episodes and I'm like it it was so fun and we got so drunk oh my god and then but I'm never gonna touch this again (laughs) yeah it was the worst hangover of my life yeah that yeah 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 that wasn't great um so <laughs> i'm not gonna so i i hit it it's now on the floor next to the bar cart behind the island mm-hmm. no one will so ever find it there see it. um i mean it's ruining it because our kitchen floors get super warm mm. so but like i even texted my mom because she loves sambuca mm-hmm. which is very similar so i was like hey mom i have this bottle of ouzo that i can't get rid of because i'm emotionally attached to it but like do you want it <laughs> so at least i know it's going to a good home and she was like nah i still got like a full bottle of book and i was like oh okay 
<laughs> so now it's just thing, like I can't get I can't dump it. I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> so if either one of you wants Uzo. Nope. Never. Maybe maybe never we need again. to find find a recipe to to use it to use for it with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you cook with Uzo? I mean, I don't know. It's like anise. Yeah. Make I mean maybe like around I think the holiday. You make like a I wonder if you can make like a I don't know. I was gonna say like yeah. a mole. I mean, with I'll it look into it. But anyways, yeah. that so it's 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 getting ruined as we speak because it's on the floor of the kitchen, <laughs> tucked away because I couldn't bear to throw it away. Aww. Too emotionally Aww. attached to it. <laughs> Greg's like, I'm fine with the collection until it starts outgrowing the bar cart, and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but he bought me two more bottles for my birthday. He's part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. I would fault. just say I get a bonus two bottles because you bought me two unexpected bottles and I'm yeah. planning this. Right. Like yeah. I'm planning yeah. out where sure. stuff goes. Planning it so well that I bought two bottles of creme de cacao <laughs> to use a quarter ounce in one drink. Uh, well, you're dedicated. You're yeah. dedicated Anyways. to your craft. Amy, tell us about Oreos. Yes, I would love to. Yay! Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna bring us back in time to 1898 in the formation. <laughs> I love you both so much. The formation of the Nabis- Nabisco. Why the fuck can I say that? Oh, it's because I drank like three glasses of alcohol while Melissa was talking. Uh, <laughs> Nabisco. It's not just me. Nabisco. Takes the mom tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Give me your keys, so, ladies. The thing, the thing that blew my mind in research is that Nabisco is short for National Biscuit Company. Yeah, and I knew that. I, I knew didn't that. Know that. <laughs> I learned that I in like, literature. I learned that. I remember where sidebar, uh, Mr. Rose's <laughs> English class sidebar. One sentence in sidebar. <laughs> yeah, I learned that in seventh grade um, English class. I remember very clearly him writing Nabisco on the on the chalkboard. My my English if, teacher. If you learned it in English class, do you remember what that's called? Like it's not an acronym, but it, like when you take the first oh, when it's couple each- letters. Because I couldn't figure out like a like a cohesive way to Google that to find right, the right yeah. answer. <laughs> we can probably figure that out before the end of the show. Is it a I, por- is it a portmanteau? Portmanteau. Ooh. That sounds fancy. It does, and it also sounds familiar, which makes me think she's right yeah. because I have a simple brain. Melissa, will you Google it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm scared to touch anything. Um or or as they uh, say on on that one season of Gossip Girl that Bing sponsored, bing it. Just bing it. <laughs> but I'm not binging it. Yeah. I really appreciate it when when like uh some technology company buys up like a whole season or like a movie for ad placement and then the product just like crashes and burns or like <laughs> like so then when you go back and watch whatever it is you're just like what why you're like what's motrin yeah i don't know how to spell what kate said i thought i did but then like an apartment <laughs> website came up hmm. oh okay well I'm- port port mento <laughs> yeah Oh, okay. No, that's not it. A, there, a portamento comes up, which is like a music thing. Mm. No, I don't know. We'll figure it out before okay. the end of the show. I was gonna say I feel like I knew that, but yeah, I, I maybe know. didn't. And I'm just having like 
I'm taking what you just said <laughs> and then being like, I know that, but I know it because you just said it. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Okay. But, so I'm so, not yes, sure very that cool. this counts. I'm not sure that counts, but it's like a portmanteau is like um, the blending of multiple words together to make a new word. So like yeah. brunch. Well, yeah, that sounds like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's right. That's all right. it. Well, Thanks, there we Kate. go. You're welcome. So yeah, yeah I wrote no, it's my notes. Rosa. Amazing, you're a genius. <laughs> yeah, I wrote in my notes an acronym or whatever because I didn't know what the fuck it was called. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Ooh, poor we gotta Mento. reel it in. Thank you're you. amazing. Okay, Nabisco. Okay. What year are we in? <laughs> 18. 1898. Okay, perfect. So essentially, they take a bunch of different um, biscuit companies or cookie companies and they form like one big conglomerate with it. I wrote in my notes also Great British Bake Off sidebar because like what, what I want to know we need to do an episode on cookies versus biscuits and like when that biscuits are crunchy they're hard is that really Greg it? and I Greg and I have talked about this a lot yeah, I guess like biscotti <laughs> yeah but that's what, every yes. time I watch Great British Bake Off I'm like what the fuck like all well, the it... words mean different things than like yes. what I think they should mean <laughs> right well okay so Greg sent me a really good article that is like a whole teardown of Great British Bake Off and how like biscuits don't only mean one thing so fuck mm -hmm. you guys yeah. but in a recent episode of the new season they do talk about he's like Paul Hollywood says to a contestant, OK, is it going to be a biscuit or is it going to be a cookie? And he said, is it going to snap mm. and be hard like a biscuit? And they said, yes. So I think that's the difference. OK, that makes sense. Cool. Yeah. We'll, we'll also dig deeper on this question at a later mm -hmm. date. <laughs> OK. <laughs> Back on track. 1898. No Nabisco. <laughs> <laughs> so their first like big like cookie hit was animal crackers bardham's animal crackers nice. in 1902 nice. and uh you know they like come in like a little box it looks like a little like a little uh circus, circus train thing. yeah thing. yeah and it has like a little ribbon on it those it was mm -hmm. designed to be like a christmas ornament to hang on christmas trees oh, really yeah i thought it was I always thought I, it was designed to be a little purse. Yes, Kate and I are thinking the same thing. Like, like, well, or for Fashion. kids to like carry to, to carry school around. or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. carry it around with them. Yeah, no, it was yeah, for, a little snack. It was according to my research. Oh, I mean, that's for, not according to any research. <laughs> yeah, no, I just assumed it as a kid that that's what it was for. Oh, but that makes way, way more sense. I love it. So they that was like their first big hit. And they because they um, like I said, they're like a conglomerate of like all these other cookie and biscuit companies. So they have like some marketing power and like and staying power already from the get go. So like it wasn't like our other like food creation stories where like it was founded and it was like some dude in a shed, like just trying to like <laughs> turn mold into cheese or whatever. Like, it was it some was... dude made a chicken laxative and now we have jello. Yep. <laughs> I remembered a thing. You did. That was wonderful. So, so this, they already had like established product lines. They already had established like marketing tools in place so like they were like a like a big deal from the start the animal crackers are like their first like big thing as this like this combined company in the early 1900s and there are other like rival biscuit and cookie companies at the same time too so one of them was called sunshine biscuit company and um biscuits were really popular at this time too because they were like that there were all sorts of like new advents and in, in like baking technology so in europe at this time it was like really 
big and impressive to have um like wafers like for church service the like the wathers yeah like the body of christ <laughs> kind of cracker things um and you could like get them stamped or like imprinted with like really intricate designs so it would be like this little like religious memento that you could then eat so uh-huh yeah so that was designed for again <laughs> just like monks man like you know like people design crazy shit don't put monks on the same level as whoever <laughs> decided to put fucking intricate designs on like what are those wafers called Com- communion wafers yeah, or whatever there's a word i can't remember what the word is though like, aren't they basically like cardboard that dissolves yeah, in your mouth? Yeah, they dissolve like that is not yeah. on the same level uh, as inventing like every alcohol. Okay, <laughs> Eucharist. Monks rule. Eucharist. That's what it's called. Eucharist. Yeah. yeah. I'm eating a Snickers. Sorry. That's I'm fine. Eucharist. Go for it. Oh, I put a candy bar in my pocket and forgot about it. Probably melted. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. Sorry, back on track. Okay, so they're rival biscuit wait, companies. Wait, 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 you can't leave us hanging. What candy bar? It was a little Three Musketeers. It was like one of the like, right. like mini Three Musketeers. Every yeah. time, because I am a grown woman, <laughs> and I have an overweight chihuahua who needs special care. So when I'm going to not be at the house all day, um, I need to get a babysitter for my dog. So I brought my dog to my mother's house. <laughs> And because I'm a grown woman, I stole candy. Okay. I'm like, where is this going? You're not giving chocolate to Sparkle. No. That's but, not going to help. But no, I went to go pick up Sparkle, which is my dog's name. Don't judge me. And Did she you came name with that name? No, I didn't name her. She yeah. came with that name. Yeah. And yeah. But she is a Sparkle. She is. All right. She is a light that shines in 2020. Okay. I'm surprised you guys can't hear her because the kids all went to bed and she's just outside my office door just grunting. Like, hoping to come. <laughs> but if okay, I okay. Her in, she'll be so loud. But- and you're an adult and you put candy in your pocket and <laughs> yeah. now it's melted and now it's because melted. Yeah. you're a child. Okay. Yes. Moving on. Okay. So, <laughs> Sunshine Biscuit Company was a rival biscuit company in the early 1900s. And they were making some pretty good cookies slash biscuits or whatever at this time. <laughs> <laughs> and they made, they were really fucking horrible at naming stuff, though. So, they had these. These really exciting new cookie sandwiches that mm. had two chocolate discs with a cream filling, and mm-hmm. they called these new creations mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hydrox. So, oh my god, yeah, I know those. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. I heard of those. You know yeah, how like some people around. discuss whether they're a Red Vines or a Twizzlers house. Mm-hmm. Like mm. we were a Hydrox house, not what? an Oreo house. Yeah, I mean, I lived with. I my mean, we never had my... Oreos even when I was a kid. So yeah, we were I f- in I f- either house. I feel like that was a like a throwback. We, you know, my grandpa definitely was more of a Hydrox man than a that's, that's an Oreo thing. <laughs> yeah, well, Hydrox came first. They were invented in 1908. And nice. But yeah, what does Hydrox mean? Although, to be um, fair, no, what does Oreos mean? I assume you'll tell know. us. So yep. continue. Yep. It's part of a vast conspiracy involving the Freemasons. Um, <gasps> so, oh, my God. That, that's my family. <laughs> so Nabisco <laughs> saw this other company, Sunshine Biscuit Company, who had these wonderful, delicious cookie sandwich things that had a horrible fucking name. And Nabisco was like... We're going to steal that. So they, quote unquote, invented Oreos just four years later in 1912. And because they had like all this marketing power behind them, 
They were able to trademark the design recipe in 1913, <gasps> and they were able to outsell Hydrox like within the first year of production because they had just like oh, snappier packaging shit. and marketing and advertising and all that stuff. Can I say another sidebar, yep. Amy? I really feel like you're slacking on your job here because I'm looking up. I'm looking up ads for Hydrox, and there is gold. All right, and I go over to the OneDrive. There's no ads. There's nothing here. There's just there's just pictures of creme de cacao bottles and some cacao nibs. There's other there's pictures of there that relates the the Oreo cookie wafer to the Freemasons oh, and the Knights not, of Templar. I, not my not my drive. Your drive's broken. It ain't, it ain't there. <laughs> Every meal, every day, sunshine biscuits. Yep. So don't worry, I'm saving them and I will upload them to the blog. Thank you. <laughs> okay, guys, just FYI. So Kate said this on um, Season of the Bitch, and I took much offense to it oh, that no. Amy and I start out loving each other and hate each other partway through the episode and then love each other again. And I said, that is not true. So I want to make sure that everybody knows that I'm just kidding. Oh, it's and true. I am, more, I am more than happy to find stuff if she didn't have time to find it because she works like eight jobs and has two small children and just moved to a new place. So it, it's not real. <laughs> I'm not genuinely giving her a hard time. I love her and she could never do anything wrong. Kate. <laughs> uh, no, okay, we're really noted. Uh, okay. Okay. Sorry. So, continue. Real quick. The biscuit, the sandwich, cookie, whatever the fuck it's called. It goes through a lot of different changes. <laughs> so in 1912, it's called an Oreo biscuit. And then 1921, they change it to Oreo sandwich. And then 1937, it's an Oreo cream sandwich. And then 1974, it's an Oreo chocolate sandwich cookie. Oh, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> they can't fucking make up their goddamn mind. <laughs> so everyone's like, okay, but like, how did you come up with the name Oreo? That's such an interesting name. And there's, like, no, like, the Nabisco company has no clear records on why the fuck they called it that. There's theories. So there, one of the theories is that it's derived from the word or, um, which in French means gold, because the original packaging mm. had gold packaging. I think that's kind of a stretch. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely a stretch. Um, some people think that it's like the same, so you know, whatever the fuck that word is that Kate taught us at the beginning and it already left my brain. A portmanteau? Yes. <laughs> so some people think that Oreo is a portmanteau <clears throat> for chocolate and cream because there's O's in chocolate, but I'm like, that's not how that works. Like no, You can't just not, take no. random letters. I mean, mm -hmm. it's marketing, baby. You can do whatever you want. And then there's another theory because the Greek word for mountain is Oreo. So that in the original shape of the cookie was actually in the shape of a mountain, which I'm like, that would be the stupidest <laughs> fucking cookie. You couldn't yeah. tell. No. There's no way in 1912 that like the cookie printing technology was advanced <laughs> enough to be able to tell that it was a fucking mountain and not just like an oddly shaped blob. Like, so I yeah. don't buy that. I think you're right. So Because I you're think, the smartest and always right. Yeah, I think it's related <laughs> related to the vast conspiracy about Oreos, which I'm going to talk about momentarily. Ooh. So Ooh. real quick, though, I want to give a rundown of some of the weirdest fucking flavors of Oreos. Because mm. like, yes, those have changed please. a lot. So double yeah. stuffed was invented in 1975. <laughs> Fun fact, there's not actually double stuffing. 
It's 1.86 times the normal amount of stuffing. Lies. <laughs> Fucking liars. Yes. I got to tell you, though, I love some I love some double stuffed gold, golden Oreos. Yeah, those are my so, favorite. Yeah. Oh, my God. They're so good. Yeah, we, they're delicious. My husband and I um, cannot ever agree on Oreo flavor because I do not dig double stuffed anything. Like no, is the balance just off for you? Totally off. I yeah. I would rather yeah, yeah, yeah. have just the cookie. I would rather mm. give away my stuffing if I. <laughs> he's Weird. like making puke noises in the other room right now because <laughs> he can hear me. I'm with you, Dan. Yeah, husband is shut it. <laughs> I'll come over there and shut it for him. I live like five minutes away. I could be there like that. You could. You totally. I'm could. not threatening Kate's husband. <laughs> There's a lot of disclaimers. <laughs> so the double stuffing was invented in 1975 1987 came fudge covered and then 1991 came halloween and 1995 was the first christmas oreo and, and then hold on halloween or just it's just died right it's just it's not an actual flavor yeah, and then they changed the printing okay. on the cookie so it's like okay yeah, yeah. so it's spooky it's spooky um <laughs> but then from there like the flavors just exploded and there's a bunch of different flavors that are like regionally specific too so there's like green tea flavored what um, yeah and there's alpha jor which i don't know what the fuck or alpha what is alpha jor alpha jor the j is pronounced silent or like a y or whatever apparently there's tiramisu yep. flavored oh. ones oreo also sells cupcakes that are what? Oreo filled. So like Ooh, there's an Oreo uh-huh, baked uh-huh. inside. It's like a hostess cupcake, it looks like. Okay. 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 So there's all these okay. weird fucking ones and they just keep coming. Now there's like pumpkin candy spice. Corn. I saw that recently yep. and that no thank you. Yeah, no thanks. So there's all these different flavors now. Kettle corn. Sorry, I'm nope. just looking at flavors. Yeah, there's this, there's some this has ones. to be fake. Oh, it's fake. Another flip fake flavor goes viral. It's spam. Uh, oh no. Well, and then some of that comes too from like Oreo was like marketing. Mm-hmm. Like they like released like rainbow colored ones for Pride, but they didn't actually make rainbow colored Oreos for Pride. Everybody was like, <gasps> "Where are the fucking rainbow ones?" And then well, Oreo was I like, "Tweeted that." Yeah. Yeah. Those sons of bitches, Nabisco, you motherfuckers. We're coming for you. <laughs> Candy corn Oreos. So Oof. fruit punch. Ooh. No. No thanks. Fruit beer float. No thanks. No. No watermelon. Pass. I will pass. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stop. So but there's gross. so many. Yeah, there's so there's many. There's so what, like, many. I included a list of three because I knew we could spend many, many minutes. <laughs> Literally on this. a year yeah. talking about all these terrible flavors. Don't worry, I'm gonna save them. I'm gonna put them in the drive. Great. Good. Good. <laughs> Thank you for doing my job for me, Melissa. So there are theories about why the stamp on the cookie. Mm. looks the way that it does so one of the pictures i have in the drive which apparently aren't showing up for melissa yeah they're not i don't see anything genuinely it's annoying there's like a black and white like relief and we'll put it up on the blog of like what the cookie looks like so it's instead Mm -hmm. of like looking at a picture of the cookie it's like you know if you did like a rubbing of it or whatever Mm -hmm. um and some people believe that it relates to symbolism around the Knights Templar or the Freemasons. <laughs> and the, the oh current God. cookie design was designed in the 1950s and 1952. The original 1912 design was stamped to it just had like a basic wreath, which is exactly what those other fucking cookies did. The Hydrox cookies had just a wreath mm-hmm. on it. So mm-hmm. they like copied it like 
not just the recipe, but like the design elements too. Come on, Nabisco. Wow. Yeah. You can do better than that. Yeah. <laughs> so they I mean they won, so they don't have to. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so um the the like I said, the this practice of like stamping cookies and biscuits got really popular because of communion wafers. Um, but like the design changed several times over the year. So 1912 was the wreath, 1924 it, they got changed to turtle doves, and then 1952 they promoted this dude named William Turnier. And he started in the mailroom of Nabisco and he like rose through the ranks and he changed it. So they were like, hey, like make like reinvent the Oreo. And like his mm-hmm. reinvention was like changing the stamped design on it. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. So, so a lot of people think that there's very uh, close similarity similarities to the cross of Lorraine, which is the cross that was carried by the Knights Templar during the Crusades, um, or the cross <sighs> pate, mm-hmm. which I'm probably fucking butchering how you say that because there's a lot of accent marks on that word. Um, <laughs> but Turnier, the the guy who designed it, like there's all of these theories. So like. The the um um mental floss, which is like a, a cool site slash mm-hmm. like YouTube channel that I follow, but they mm-hmm. actually interviewed Turnier's son um to find out like if there was some deeper meeting, like all these theories say that there is. And they said that they found out a lot about the man himself. So he had polio when he was a toddler and he developed a limp. He was like super smart, but he was bullied relentlessly. So because he was bullied relentlessly, he went into this creative field. And he's actually responsible, too, for, like, the modern designs of other things, like the Nutter Butters and Milk Bone Dog Treats. So, like, Mm. I like what a like I just think about when I work with my students and they're like, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And I think, Mm -hmm. like, you could be the dude who designs Nutter Butters. (laughs) Like, you could design (laughs) Milk Bones. (laughs) Like, the jobs. Like, I don't even, like consciously think about all of the different fucking things that you can do. Well, yeah, I don't think anybody goes for that specific thing. They don't go to school and they're like, I'm going to design cookies. I know, but (laughs) like, like, that's something you could do. I think like so many people don't even think, you know what I mean? Like, like, I'm going to major in business or like, I'm going to major in like graphic design. And there's like this whole world of these weird zany like in between things that you can do 100 so sidebar Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i'm working with this company at work they're like running this pro this like pilot program that we got chosen to be a part of and i've loved it so much that i'm like what's the deal with this company Mm -hmm. like i want to work for this company so i looked the company up and they had like a career quiz or whatever to like see where you would fit within the company it's a huge like they have offices like everywhere there's one in boston um and I took the quiz and it said design. And I was like, well, that's stupid. I guess apparently they didn't take into account that I have zero artistic talent. And I was talking to my boss and she's like, well, marketing, there's way more design than doing like graphic designs or drawing. She's like, there's behavioral design. Mm-hmm. There's like consumer knowledge and like there's a design department for that. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, like you, there's a ton of stuff you can do where you're creative that you're not like actually producing yeah. right. like art. Right. Like I can't draw or anything. So that that feeds right into that. That there's mm-hmm. like there's so many jobs out there. It's just a matter of like finding them. Yeah. And not being like, well, I couldn't do that. So I'm not even going to apply. Right. Because yeah. you think it's one thing and actually it's something else. But anyways, I could go on for hours about that because I need a new job. <laughs> anyways, but I just think continue. it's I think it's like super duper interesting that like he like he started working in the mill room and then found this creative niche. And then like that became his thing. Like he's the guy that designed 
like food items that could be like imprinted. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's such a specific thing. I mean, the Oreo design's really good. I don't know what the milk bone design looks like. Is it still what they use today? Do you know? I don't know if that's changed since he designed it or not. I think he did that in like the like late 60s, early 70s. I feel like the milk bone like logo has been the same for 8 million years, yeah. though. I also feel that way, but I don't know. Anybody, anybody ever eat a milk bone? <laughs> no. I definitely did. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> no, I mean, I had a really fucking weird childhood and that like my oh you're too yeah you're too you're too picky for milk well yeah i am really picky eater but also like my dad would always would like consistently put me in these like weird survival situations to like test me to make sure i could like make it what yeah like he used to like i don't think bring me did i know this i don't know he used to bring me to the middle of the woods or like we'd go like for a hike and then he'd be like we're lost how do we get home and then, like, oh I would have God. to be the one that found Shut. her way home. Oh but he God. didn't leave you out there, though. No, he was with me, but, like, he wouldn't oh, help. I mean, right. Okay. But, yeah, like, if was the situation got me. dire, he'd be able to bring you home. That's, I like, mean, the I time. I hope, like, looking back on it, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was out of necessity because he was not with it or if it was like <laughs> i don't know where we are kids so you're gonna have to find our way out he was it was real he wasn't testing yeah, you maybe but i remember one time he was like he was like going through the cabinet like when we had dogs growing up so he was like you could eat these if you need to <laughs> <laughs> it's like the time my brother convinced me that we were lost in the woods and I lost it. Oh, no. I lost it. And then we came out on a road and it was literally the road next to our house. And I was like, <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> he knew. He knew where we were. Yeah. I was like panicked. It was getting dark. I was crying. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, but that's what big brothers are for. Yeah. Right? Apparently that's what dads are for, right? Yeah. Those firemen. Hey, kids, if you need it, you can eat these dog biscuits. <laughs> I mean, you can. They're not that bad. Yeah, you can. I mean, they, they have some nutritional value. Not a lot. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a lot. But um, so bringing it back to the monks. <laughs> oh, my God. OK. So his oh, son, shit. when Mental Floss is interviewing Turnier's son, and they're like, OK, but like, what does it all mean? And he was like, fucking nothing, man. Like, yeah, it's nothing. Oreos. What is <laughs> but he was saying that, like, the design goes back to monks who used to use like it was like a specific symbol of like like craftsmanship from the middle ages that monks would use so it was it was like a sign of craft saying that this was like the best work that they could possibly produce um so that's what his son says but turnier's dun, dun, dun. dad was a freemason okay so yeah so was my grandfather <laughs> he didn't do shit so and then turnier died in 2004 so we can't ask him any more questions but apparently like a bunch of people would like hunt him down and he was in his 80s That's and awful. be like leave him alone what does it mean and he was just like i don't know it's a cookie like <laughs> chill out <laughs> no what did your father pass down to you where's the ancient goblet <laughs> so yeah so there's there's a bunch of unsubstantiated conspiracy theories about the name and about the design of the cookie that that no one can really prove it's like there's no evidence to support them if it weren't the age of the internet like they probably would have more like staying power but people can easily easily i said eagerly yeah that was good (laughs) because i combined easily in google in my head Mm. 
Oh, that's a new word. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. You can just eagle that. You can very, very eagle it. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Ooh, you can eagle that. <laughs> I don't know. I eagled it yesterday and I couldn't find anything. <laughs> oh, fucking Christ. <laughs> Man, okay. A couple quick fun facts about Oreos. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it takes you didn't fit. even mention that they're vegan. <laughs> they aren't vegan. If Wait, what? So, <laughs> um, chocolate Oreos are not vegan. Golden Oreos <gasps> are vegan. Oh, golden Oreos are. That's but right. Because okay. the cream is made with oil, not milk yeah. products. But the cookie, yes. the chocolate wafer, is made with milk products. So That makes yep. sense. But luckily, I think when I was vegan, I only ate golden Oreos. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when I went to stay at your house with our friend and we ate like an entire <laughs> thing of golden Oreos and I was super pissed because... <laughs> You two ate like like three quarters of the package, and I was like, "What the fuck, Melissa?" I don't remember that, but that's because that's a normal fucking occurrence in my life. Yeah, no, and we were also, I like, mean, Whoa. shock, yeah. shock, pretty drunk. I mean, that's the night that we shaved half of our friend's head. Oh yeah, because you, because you had shaved half your head, and, and it did like, look really cool. To awesome. be fair, we yeah, no, you both hipsters. looked really cool. Yeah, you both looked really cool. <laughs> It's really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. I have pictures of you shaving your head. Anyway, yeah. sorry. So, fun facts. Takes 59 minutes to make an Oreo. That's how long it takes to, like, bake the wafers and mix the cream and all that shit. And then, if uh, you took all the Oreos made over a one-year period, you'd have enough to circle the globe four times over. That's a lot of Oreos. Yep. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, really, I feel like you can do that with any junk food. Yeah, that's true. The, yeah, so because like, especially Americans, we're just we're trash and we consume so much. <laughs> so a 2008 study found that Oreos, because they're so high in fat and sugar content, <laughs> were just as addictive as cocaine to lab rats. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> lab rats are like, give me them Oreos. I cannot. I need them. I need them. <laughs> And then there was not, there they've, was got, they've got the cream on their little noses and they're like, Aww. it's not mine. It's not mine. <laughs> Jesus, it's a fuzz. <laughs> oh, last last fun fact. Oh, Twist versus Cheese it, dunk. it's the fuzz is definitely the name of this episode. <laughs> what? Cheese it, it's the fuzz? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, <clears throat> Twist versus dunk. There was a study conducted where people found that the researchers found that um, those who prefer to twist their Oreos are more sensitive souls. <laughs> those who prefer to dunk their Oreos are more energetic. And those who just take a fucking bite out of it. Yeah, like a normal fucking person. They are the most self-confident because they just take a bite out of life. <laughs> sure. I was going to ask that because like I don't. You don't do either. So, yeah, I just bite them too. And I am uh, not I do confident. Sometimes I twist. Sometimes I twist, mm. to be fair. But not like all the time. Like I'll do like one. I'm not one of the. What about the animals that twist and they take all of the cream? And they pile it into one cookie. Oh, that's <laughs> fucking manic. That is chaotic energy. I don't that's chaotic that neutral. Life. Yeah. 
so um so i don't dip i don't dunk oreos at all but um yeah, you know like weird. i think they're also nabisco the nabisco like vanilla wafers like yeah. the round cookies so those with a glass of soy milk is like my fucking jam but i don't like to dip them um because i don't know there's just something about it i don't like i think i don't like the crumbs that get in the soy milk mm-hmm. but so i'll put uh, <laughs> i'll put one in my mouth and then I'll take a sip <laughs> of soy milk so that it can like macerate in my mouth nice. and it can get all, you know, blended together, but I don't have to do any dunking. I think macerate in my mouth is going to be the name of my new punk alternative band. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> macerate in my mouth, baby. <laughs> oh, man. Jake uh, takes like a sleeve of Oreos. And just dumps them into a giant cup of milk. No, no. He no. does it with what? cereal too. He does it no, with cereal what? too. Wait, no, it's what? So fucking that weird. is psychotic behavior. <laughs> and what? And does it and like eats them with his hand? He like, like takes a spoon, like, scoop and it out like a raccoon. So he makes cereal out of Oreos, but in a glass. Yeah, he does okay. it with cereal too. He and then he takes a spoon and mushes it down. I mean, it's not weirder than your sandwich chip smush ball thing <laughs> yeah but i did that when i was like five i don't do that now jake does oh, that I now think I, I think i assumed you still did it <laughs> i do not melissa go through the process of making myself a grilled cheese sandwich then to peel the cheese innards out and crumple potato chips into it and roll it into a fucking ball by hand and then consume it as an adult human being I mean, it wouldn't be the craziest thing you've done. That's true. I'll give you, you make that. some wild decisions. We all do. I, Come yeah, on. Yeah. So. The, I don't know. Kate doesn't. I feel like Kate doesn't Kate's, make wild decisions yeah, Kate's, ever. Kate's good. She's good, very stable. Stable, normal adult human being. She's like, oh, you got some oh no God. fucking idea. <laughs> Have you seen my toy horse collection? <laughs> Oh my god. That's that's all I have on the best selling commercially made cookie of all time. Oh my god. That's amazing. We're gonna have to do a poll. I mean I know Oreo's done it to death, but I feel like we still need to do a poll on how people eat Oreos. I don't think we should well, we can do a poll, but I also think we should make a meme of like what kind of energy you give off depending on how you consume mm. Oreos. I like that. <laughs> you should definitely do that because I, I, I don't have the skills. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're like, okay, to I, don't see have, next I don't month. have, yeah, I don't have next month. That's generous. <laughs> you ain't got the time for that. Yeah. Make a meme. Should take five seconds, but if either one of us do it, it's going to take hours. So, yeah, Oreos are delicious. I feel like we need to know too what like people's favorite flavors of Oreo mm. are. Yes. Like, I mean, I'm boring. I just like golden Oreos. I'll eat a, a double stuff, but like, I don't. Like, I'm not like, oh, you got to get double stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care because uh, it's not it doesn't it's not that much of a difference. Um, yeah, it's one point eight, six times more. Amy, what's your favorite? <laughs> what's your favorite Oreo? Golden, go- golden, double golden. stuffed. Because okay, cool. I do like I do like the double stuffed. I'm not a big fan of like biscuit type cookies. Like, I don't like I don't like like hard things with a snap like. <laughs> I mean cookies. So you don't like a biscuit? Yes. Like I hate biscotti. I, I'm a bad I, Italian. You know, I'm not a fan of 
of, mm. of biscotti either. Whenever they make it on Bake Off, on the various Bake Offs that we watch, I'm like, this makes me want to eat one. But I know, I know that I don't want it. But you know what? You're supposed to dip it. It's a di- it's right. for having yeah. with tea, which yeah, is why then, it's so hard uh, and flavorless. But then it's like your fingers get wet or your tea or whatever warm beverage you're dipping no, it in I gets know, crumbs. but that's what they do. Like, who, what fucking like imbecile <laughs> decided to do that like 300 All years of ago the united kingdom <laughs> oh Idiots. no but biscotti specifically is italian yeah, right italian yeah. so yeah. your ancestors i know my ancestors all Fucking right uh, wild. Kate, was yours also golden oreos so i'm i'm probably like half and half sometimes i'm a regular like original oreo sometimes golden Definitely not double stuffed though. Such a people pleaser. Like, yeah, oh yeah, no, it's the <laughs> it's the Libra for sure. Like, I don't know. They both have good merits and you know, they just have they both have their strong points yeah, and they both like, have their flaws, mm-hmm. like every human, you right. know. Right. And I mean I couldn't... No, they're cookies. <laughs> Pick one. <laughs> I just got like a really disturbing visual of like an Oreo being sentient. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the fucking chips ahoy commercials i hate those things oh i hate those i also don't like the um i also don't like the i think they're maybe golden grams commercials or something yeah no awful where they eat each other like what the hell and also pop tarts yeah i'm not no no more anapomorphic like sentient food please no anapomorphic cannibal sentient food like yeah. this thing yeah. is they're well, eating like chips ahoy like they don't eat each other no kids eat them, but like yeah. it's the size of a kid yeah like, there's that one commercial with the, the chips ahoy cookies at a birthday party and he's like where's the cake and they're like it's you and <laughs> then they all look at him <laughs> i haven't like, seen no, that he's one sentient he's yeah. talking he's, yeah. like he lord of the flies eyes. yeah Okay, we're going off the rails. Amy did a really great job of of giving us us a lot of information. No, not keeping us on track, but nobody could have. Um, But giving us great and concise information and we're ruining it by never being able to end an episode or knowing how to do it. We really need to come up with an ending. (laughs) Like, yeah, I did. I said, and that's all I have. And that's all I've got. I know, I know, I know. So, anyways, thanks for li- thank thanks for listening. Thank for listen, fam. Um, we love you and hope that you listen next episode. Uh, okay, please. Uh, okay, I'm gonna do the pie now. Okay, okay. bye, bye. 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 <laughs> Thank you for listening to Drunk Dish. For recipes and more, please visit DrunkDish.com. If you like what you hear, subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or Apple Music. You can also follow us on Twitter at DrunkDishPod and Instagram at DrunkDish. And again, thanks for listening. <laughs>